Welcome to the Common Sense Gospel. I'm Danny Simmons. And I'm Kurt Norbit. We are coming back to you with the title this today is How Can I Know I Am Saved? And it really is going to be part two for the previous episode, which was How Does God Save Me? We went through that and looked at those steps that God requires, the conditions that God places upon man uh, to come to him in, in truth uh, and to do it the way that God has laid out for him to do. The second part we believe is also important. How does God save me? Or not how does God save me, but how can I know that I'm saved? Because there are times when Christians get to a point in their lives and they say, you know, am, am I sure? Do, can I say as a matter of fact that I am in a saved condition now? Because that's important for us. It's important to us. So we want to look at that and show how God has given us his word to assure us that we can know. Uh, we're going to use the Word of God to supply an answer, and today we're mostly going to focus on what's given to us in 1 John. We'll, we'll look at a couple other passages, but 1 John's going to be the heart of our study today. Um, and, and I just want to begin by saying in the book of 1 John, John says, we know, he says the phrase, we know 15 times. And some examples of that is John says in chapter 2 and verse 3, we know that we know him. John chapter 2 and verse 5, we know that we are in him. Uh, chapter 3 and verse 2, we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. That's amazing. We know that when Christ is revealed, we shall be like him. John says, we do not yet know what we will be, uh, the heavenly body, what that's going to look like. But we know. <laughs> so that's so reassuring. That's awesome. yeah, yeah, that we, we're going to be like him. And then, man, what, what more comforting thing could be said? Uh, he says in chapter 3 and verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life. Isn't that what we all want to know? And he says we know. Uh, chapter 3 and verse 16, we know love. Very interesting because John 3, 16, the love of God is laid out for us mm -hmm. in the fact that he's given his son for the whole world. And then in chapter 3 and verse 19, he says we know that we are of the truth. John, 1 John 3, 24, we know that he abides in us. And then there's so many more examples of that, but those are powerful phrases, not about what he's still worried about or thinking about. These are things he says, not only John the apostle knows, we know. Mm. God has given these things to us, and we know, brethren. So built on that foundation, we're going to look at a few things that can help us to be assured. Uh, as we examine ourselves, that's going to be a big part of this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where am I? It, it's not simply just, here's a list of things you can think about. It's, it's making that yeah. personal application uh, and taking inventory in ourselves. So, so how would you start as Kurt? If, if we're going to say, how can I know that I am saved? Where, where would you start there? Well, I'd, I would first point out, you know, it's kind of the old saying on that is, well, it's, it's something that's better felt than told. Mm. That is not scriptural. Mm -hmm. uh, just as you have shown. Uh, John isn't saying, oh, we feel like this is that. No, right. we know this, and it's based on something that is objective. Yeah. Every, when he says that, uh, I was reading some of those passages as you were looking at them. He says, we know this because. Right, it's built on So that. there's a reason, there's an objective reason we know this. 
it, so it doesn't depend on how I feel that day. I don't feel so good. Maybe God's far away from me. What have I done? Mm. I don't feel saved. Uh, that's building your house on the sand. So when you look at 1 John, at least in my studies, uh, I've seen five different points he makes within about the first three chapters of different aspects that we can look at in our lives. And if we're in that and we're doing that, and that is what we are, our confidence is in, then we can know that we have a saved relationship with God. The first one of those is in uh, right at the beginning of the book, chapter 1, verse 1. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which our hands have handled concerning the word of life. And then he goes on in verse 3, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, yeah. that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Mm. Well, he is pointing out here the reality of Jesus. Yep. He is an actual person. He, he really lived. He lived the perfect life that we read about in the scriptures. He died to save us from our sins and physically rose from the grave so that we can have confidence in our salvation and resurrection. And so John just hammers this. You, you can see how he emphasized this. We saw him with our eyes. We looked upon him, which means we closely observed what he was doing in yep. the Greek. We, we handled him. We touched him. We were with him for three years. And then we declared him to you. Why? So you can have fellowship with us. Well, why? what's so important about that? Well, our fellowship is with the Father yep. and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So I need to believe that Jesus is God's Son and that he came in the flesh. That's right. Uh, and it's impressed me, just one more passage that I was looking at uh, when I was thinking about this, is how much Jesus personally emphasized this himself with his disciples. When he came back, uh, the, the disciples were discussing some things, uh, actually the, the two from the road on uh, the trip to Emmaus and met Jesus there. Now they've come back and they're saying, we've seen the Lord, and they're all talking about this. Verse 36, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. Well, Jesus doesn't let it sit there. Uh, and I guess I would be shocked too. Uh, here, here Jesus appears in our midst. Last time we saw him, he was being put in a tomb. Right. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do, you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, mm -hmm. that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? <laughs> yep. And he eats it. Yep. He is doing everything he can to calm them and comfort them and convince them it is really me. Yep. And I believe one reason for that is so that they would have that confidence. Absolutely. Like John says, we saw him. 
We handled him. Yeah. We listened to him. We, we closely observed him. We touched him. And look what that did for him. When you read the book of Acts, they boldly proclaimed That's before right. the Sanhedrin. That's right. They stood before the people. They, they proclaimed with confidence that That's this right. is what we have to say to you. So when, when that is the basis of our faith, that we believe that Jesus is God's son and he came in the flesh, that's one way we can know we have fellowship with him. So step one, just as we were talking about making that application and doing taking inventory for ourselves, the question first is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Through thorough examination that I have done personally, mm -hmm. that's where I am. And I have no trouble making that statement at any given point. So that's the beginning. That's mm -hmm. the first one we want to cover, as you pointed out, and as John lays it out in 1 John chapter 1. So then what? Now that we believe? Well, we can actually just continue right along with the text here. Of course. Uh, because in verse 5 of 1 John 1, he says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Well, if my sins have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, then I'm forgiven. I'm in a saved condition. How do I know that that's the case? If I'm walking in the light he says in this passage. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, the apostles with the people that he's writing to and all of the brethren. And then that fellowship is with Jesus Christ. We know, he says, uh, or he, he says we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from sin. But sometimes I'm asked, well, what does it mean to walk in the light? What, what is that trying, what's the idea there? Mm -hmm. I think he introduced it in uh, verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, so there's the contrast, we lie and do not practice the truth. Right. That's what walking in the light is. It's practicing the truth. It's doing what is right. It's, it's making sure your life is going in the direction that God is pointing out. You're walking with him, that's your direction of travel. You're not walking in the darkness. We can see this uh, in chapter two at verse 29. Uh, he said, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Yeah. Uh, he uses that same phrasing in chapter three, verses seven and 10, practicing righteousness. That's what walking in the light is. Are you? Are you living the life that imitates Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's good. It's not how you walk, uh, it's, it's where you walk. Mm. Again, just making the, the application, where are you walking, where are you abiding, where are you spending your time? Is it in the light or is it in darkness? And we can answer that with just an honest approach to it. Mm -hmm. because, and the reason why I say that is, I mean, it is how you walk to some degree. But it's more, more emphasized as to where you walk because that really shows us uh, whether we're practicing the truth, as you pointed out, or not. 
um, because I can walk as though I'm a big, strong athlete. I know full well I'm not. You know, I, I can pull it off for a few minutes. I can walk in such a way physically that people would think that I've got a handicap. There's something wrong with me. Um, yeah. so, so, you know, I can walk a certain way to look like something. But if now it's where I walk. If I move into the light, and this is now where I walk, not how I walk, but where I walk, I can, I can show that in my own life. I can evaluate that and just, you know, again, last week, where was I? How much time did I spend in things that are associated with evil and darkness? Mm-hmm. And, and most of us, as we look at that and we think about it, we, we want to, we do want to acknowledge that, which I think you're about to get to, but we want to, we want to be willing to correct that and say, yeah. I need to do better. Because I know, again, just as John did, I have fellowship with God, not because I just say, oh, I believe, but because of what I practice and how and where I walk is the confirmation to me, I think, first and foremost, but then to others around me that, that I am of the light and, and I, mm-hmm. I don't want nothing to do with darkness. So, yep. you know, that looks like something. Uh, it mm-hmm. responds a certain way to, to everything around it, and uh, that's important. Well, and a life that's lived in the light. If you're, if you're walking in the light then you're not afraid of people seeing what you're doing. Of course not. If you're up to something that you have to conceal and you don't, I don't want anyone to know about this, you're trying to keep it in the dark. And you know that. Yeah, and you know it. Yeah, these are not difficult guidelines that we're looking at. Exactly. We can easily see whether or not these things are parts of our lives. Yeah. So building on that, uh, we're still in chapter one looking at a, a third point that John brings up. And it, it kind of builds on this one. Well, if I'm walking in the light, does that mean I'm, you know, I never sin? I'm perfect. I've got it all t- together now. I'm walking in the light. <laughs> well, he warns us, I think, in the next two verses, verses 8 through 10, that we need to have the humility to recognize our own weaknesses. He says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, mm. and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So John is not saying that a Christian can't sin or that he never will sin from now on. Right. There will be those times that we're weak. He goes on in chapter 1 and 2 to explain how or what we need to do in case we do sin. Because he says, my little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate. Right. So, you know, we still in a li- live in a fallen and cursed world. We're still fleshly creatures. There are going to be times when we succumb to weakness. Mm. And he gives us the solution to that That's here. Right. First of all, you need to recognize that. And when you see it, Here's what to do about it. So what he's saying here is a, a, a child of God will choose not to continue to live in sin. He ceases to practice sin. Right. That's not the walk, the direction of our life now. We're striving to walk in the light. Well, sometimes we might get to where that light's not shining too brightly. Mm-hmm. And we see that, so we... We do what John tells us to do to get back in the light. Correct course. But we need to recognize that. But Paul warned us in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, let he that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall because now you're in dangerous territory. Yeah. Hey, I'm standing. I've 
I've got it wired here. I'm, I'm good. You're in serious danger because Satan's going to take advantage of that. Absolutely. He'll eat you alive with that kind of attitude. It's a beautiful picture of, of a, a believer believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They are striving to walk in the light. Jesus says, strive to enter the kingdom of heaven. That mm. is an ongoing effort. I am determined. I will do this. I will follow God. His commandments are not burdensome. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Then recognizing that you stumbled, fell, sinned, or something has caught into your, gotten into your life that you realize shouldn't be there. You've let it go too far, however that develops. And in, within that recognition, we confess to God because we're being consistent, aren't we? We're walking in the light. We want to remain in the light. And something now is found. It's not of the light. It's of darkness. And the confession of that and, and repentance, turning away from that, uh, is another statement of, I am striving to enter the mm -hmm. kingdom of heaven. So, yep. And again, that can be evaluated. It, yep. All of it can be looked at. Like, how hard am I trying in the last week or month? And you know, sometimes I feel pretty good about that. And other times, and we're talking about you know, what we feel. I feel pretty mm -hmm. good about what I've tried to do and how, how I've made improvements. And there's other months where I think this is pretty pathetic and I'm, mm. I'm not pleased with my growth and development. And so how could my father be? But again, even in that, the correcting process has taken root, it's begun, and now we're, we're being conformed in the image mm. of God's yes. Son. It's not mm. an instant, uh, now, now you're just like God's Son, it is this process that he expects us to work through ourselves because of our love for him. And, and then we grow and we become more like Jesus. Yeah. And that's the goal. So that's kind of, that's how, that's how I look at it so that I don't, I don't become too hard on myself or others when a challenge comes up, mm. you know, something's gotten in the way. I try not to uh, put more weight on that than what should be uh, just enough to get out of it. Yeah. You know better, right? Get right. back on the path. Mm -hmm. And if that's enough to move me back, then that's a beautiful thing. And I am following all this that we see in First John. I believe I am walking in the light. I have recognized my weakness. I'm humbly coming to God and, and confessing those things. Mm -hmm. And I want I want those fixed. That's a beautiful thing. Yep. Uh, and I was just thinking, because we're going to move on just a little farther into chapter 2. All of this is taking place in the opening chapters of First John. Mm -hmm. So... It just amazes me how much assurance and confidence he wants to give to the disciples of Christ. He's telling us we can know, and he just keeps, here's a way you can know, here's another way, here's another way, you know, you just keep working on these things, and it, you're going to be okay. You're going to know. <laughs> yep, you'll know. So if we go on in chapter 2, beginning at verse 3, he says, Now by this we know that we know him. That's a pretty definite statement. Oh, yeah. How do we know that, John? If we keep his commandments. There it is. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. So he just really emphasizes that. We know that we know him if we keep his commandments. By this we know that we're in him. So uh, it astonished me when I heard teaching years ago. Someone said, well, we don't have to obey to be saved. Obedience is not part of being saved. Wow. And I just, well, then what's the point? What do you, That's I, all I, that didn't even make sense. 
<laughs> I, I, especially when you think of what Jesus said in John 3, 36. He says, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Yes, everyone loves that. But he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So I look at that, and I look at what I heard, and they don't fit. So I had to discard what I had heard from that false source and go by what Jesus said. That's right. Now, some versions have it believed twice. They said, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life. Mm. I just want to quickly point out, those are two different, completely different Greek words. Mm. It is more accurately, as the American Standard, the English Standard, New, New American Standard Bible, render it. He who does not obey shall not see life. Well, that's that's about as blunt as you can get. That's very clear. I need to obey God. How, how can you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and believe that all he has said is true and think that you don't have to follow his instruction? Yeah, that's what I say. It, it, just, it just doesn't make any sense. Wow. Especially when you see that, as we just saw, John ties obedience and faith together. Mm-hmm. Obedience is part of our faith. He also points out uh, later in the Gospel of John, chapter 14 at verse 15, that it is also part of our love for God. That obedience to God demonstrates our love for him. Uh, and he says very simply, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's a big word, if. What does that mean if that's not what it means? Right. It's very, very obvious. <laughs> we, when we keep God's commandments because that's what we want to do to serve him and please him, we're demonstrating our love for him. We're reciprocating the love that he shows for us. So practicing righteousness, doing what God wants and not doing what God does not want us to do, will give us confidence in our salvation. We, as you've pointed out, we can look at ourselves and it's not hard to discern whether I am being obedient or not. That's right. We can, we can do it. Uh, one easy, I think, I think it's easy, but it's always stuck in my mind. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 15, 14. So you've got 14, mm-hmm. 15 and mm-hmm. 15, 14. 15, 14 says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So we love him yep. and we're his friends, both built on the same premise, the same idea. If mm-hmm. we keep his commandments, if we, if we believe and follow and obey uh, his word. So they are intimately tied together. And yeah. for someone to, to try to sever those and still be claiming to teach from God's word, is, uh, that's, a, that's a shame. Yeah, and this is, this is the same Apostle John. You know, we're looking at his first epistle. And we see that his gospel supports the same thing. He is emphasizing these points because he knows how important they are. So our last one that we're going to look at, we're still in chapter 2, so we're at the beginning of the book here. Uh, In chapter 2, down at verse 8, he says, Again, I know a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light's already shining. He who, says in his, or he who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. 
he who loves his brother abides in the light. That's where so, we want to be. Yeah, you see how he ties back to that first one. Yeah. We're abiding in the light, and there is no cause of stumbling in him. Over in chapter 3, he emphasizes it again, and it's even clearer. At verse 14, he says, We know that we have passed from death to life. How do we wow. know? <laughs> we, we, we can know that. Yeah. I know I've passed from death to life. I, I know I'm saved. Well, how do I know that? When he says, because we love the brethren. It's all found right there. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Now someone will say, well, I don't, I don't hate my brethren. Maybe not, I don't think too highly of them. I don't love them enough to be with them every week, but I don't hate anybody over there. Well, he's not talking about hate in that way. It's hate in the sense of loving less. Yeah, the if focus you is don't love, love mm -hmm. your brother, there's no in between. Right. You hate them. Yeah. It, you, with there's no partial them. love here. Yeah. You either love them or you don't. And if you don't, John says that is hatred. And he's, he says that kind of attitude in the heart is the attitude of a murderer. And no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So I know I'm saved when I can say to myself and I can look at my brethren and say, yes, I truly love them. And even that can be objective because you show you love them by what you do for them. Yeah, the, yeah, the way you, you act around them, how much they're on your mind and on mm -hmm. your heart throughout the week. How much you pray for them. Yeah, those things, those things can be evaluated very quickly. And that I, I'm a, I have to say, that's one of the things that impressed me about Northwest when I started visiting here when I was searching for a, a church to, to work with mm. is the, the family love that's here. And over the years, I've seen that in action. Yeah. When there's a need, brethren instantly respond with a way to help that. And I, I have to confess, here lately being sick, I, I have fallen into just thinking about myself too much. Oh, I don't feel good, yada, 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 yada. And that's wrong. <laughs> But I had what really drove that home for me is there was a need, and it was mentioned. This person is doing this for the for that need. If you would like to help, yeah, you can do this. Right. And I thought to myself, you know what? I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of, you know, I prayed for him in that situation, but it didn't even come to me that but there's something I can do. What's what way can I help with this? Yeah. So that really brought it home that, man, lately I've been thinking too much of myself. I got to get out of that. Well, that's okay. And start looking at here are people who are not even there. Yes, I was sick, but they're worse off yeah. than I was. Yeah. Poor little old me. Look at them. <laughs> what can I do to help them with that? That's right. where I need to be. Yeah. I need to be loving and my And that's brethren. where the blessings are. Yes. Once, once you that's give right. yourself. Uh, yep. to the benefit of others. We know that's true. It's, it's hard to practice constantly, but it is so true and it's valuable for us. God expects to see that in us. So it is, we know that we have passed from death to life by the way that we love our brethren. Mm -hmm. and, and that's God's measuring stick for us to use to say, you know, do I know? The question is, how can I know I'm saved? And Kurt, you've done a beautiful job of laying that out. Five obvious ways that the Apostle John writes in his old age to the saints 
Believe Jesus as the Son of God, number one. Number two, walk in the light. We can evaluate these things. Mm -hmm. Number three, recognize your weaknesses. Humbly confess them to God. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and our trespasses. Uh, he can wash us and cleanse us of those things. Number four, obey God. Yeah, just obey. That's just all. do what That's what a servant do. does. Just be obedient. Yep. Uh, and that is what faith and love of God is, is obedience. And then number five, love the brethren. So there's that outward. Uh, I often try to tell people that love for the individual Christian first, it must be established to God. And in his, in his love received by us in an appropriate way. We see that clearly. We understand what his love is for us because the Bible says it that way too. Then we reciprocate what God has given to us with and to our brethren. That we share that same love. And that just melts everything down. I don't come to you and say, okay, I'm going to do this, but you better you, know, you better take care of me next time. Mm -hmm. None of that. There's no strings attached right. to the love of God. It is simply my heart being poured out for you, and God is pleased. If I'm waiting for you to reward me, Jesus says, you just got your reward. Congratulations. It's not what we should be going for. We're going for an eternal reward in heaven, which God promises. He cannot lie. So we, we walk in this consistently and we grow don't we and just as you said there's these spurts where we do really well yeah. and then something falls on us and we we stumble a little bit and you know just the, the mind is clouded for a little while about priorities or whatever mm -hmm. and then something hits us right in the face and we say man i wish i would have known about that um it, but that's i think that's a good thing because it, that, that's a correcting part of this you're you're aware of that Mm -hmm. seeing the message made you think, you know, so all those things work the way they should, which is why I say, don't kick yourself around about not living up to the standard. Just get back to it. Look for the right. next opportunity. That's where we find our comfort and our confidence. Yeah. We know we are, we are saved. We know we have fellowship with God and with his son, Jesus Christ. That's very comforting. And it gives us a lot of confidence to go out and face a dark world and let our light shine but on the other hand if we're not measuring up to these things then i know i'm not saved and hopefully that's a motivator we know what to, to do get me on the right path yeah Confess. get me <laughs> yeah. get me back in there yeah yeah it's all right there i think that was beautifully done and i very much appreciate that how can i know i'm saved first john chapter one two and three it's a great place to begin as you evaluate that in great seriousness uh, for your own life. Mm -hmm. You ready for trivia questions? Is there anything else? Well, I guess so. <laughs> I didn't oh, do too ready. well last week. So yeah, it's time we'll find out. Redemption. Yep, it's trivia time. <laughs> so I'm just gonna be okay. I'm, you know, we we joke about this every week about being nice or whatever, but <laughs> hey, you're, you're gonna be love uh, your brother now. I'm about I'm about to. <laughs> you're gonna be uh, and upset. show respect for an elder here. Yes, sir. You're going to be upset with me that I'm so nice. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. I'm getting set up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. Okay. In what city was Jesus born? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Matthew chapter 2 in mm -hmm. verse 1. Also prophesied in the Old Testament. Yes. That he would be born yep. in Bethlehem. Very good. But he grew up in Nazareth. So... Yes, that's right. Clarifying. Yeah, that's right. He, he didn't stay in Bethlehem. Nope. And there Which was a is, reason for that, too. Exactly. God was yep. involved with that. But yeah, Bethlehem. 
Now I'm trying to remember what that means in the Hebrew, and I can't. It's house of, I can't remember, anyway, but whatever. So, you did start me off with an easy one to set me up for your next one. Possibly. <laughs> we'll see. Danny's doing a good job of loving his brother and respecting his elders. <laughs> That's right. Well, here's my first one. We're going to stay with the Apostle John. Okay. And uh, actually, this, this was stimulated by a little chat we had earlier this week. It involves the seven churches that are recorded in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Uh, when you read Jesus' message to those churches, they all received commendation and or rebuke. Mm. So how many of those churches received only commendation from the Lord? How many received only rebuke? And how many received a mixed message That's of way those too seven hard. churches? That's way too hard. I even forgot what the question was. Okay. Some, some churches were rebuked only. Okay. Some were commended only. Jesus had nothing bad to say about them. Some of the churches received a mixed message. Okay. Here's something good you're doing, but I have this against you. So how many were commended, how many were rebuked, and how many received a mixed message? I think straight rebuke with no commendation has got to be one. You, you're by the way you're looking at me. It's, it's two, <laughs> okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's two. It's two. Correct. Um, those that received only commendation and no rebuke is, and this is where we, you. Yeah. This. Do you this still agree with chat. yourself? Oh yeah. Okay, so two. Okay, I'm hoping you would remember that. <laughs> Smyrna and Philadelphia. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, and then the mix now has got to be, let's see, two plus two is four. <laughs> Doing the math. Seven minus four has got to be three. You're right. Okay. Yep. So two received nothing but commendation. Two were nothing but rebuke. In fact, they Jesus told them, repent, yeah. or I'm taking the candlestick. Yeah. And then three got a mixed message. Wow. You're doing some things good. I'm mindful of that, but I have this against you. you this is something you need to change. You know, even in that, looking at those letters to those churches, these are individual groups. And churches take on character and personalities uh -huh. as a whole. Churches become known for something. And, and that the evaluation can be done there, too. If John were to send a letter to us and we were one of the seven churches, what would it say? And not just... I think, I think about that a lot. Not yeah. just what would we like it to say, because we can mm -hmm. all go there, but holding strictly to the Word of God, how, how are we doing yeah. Is Jesus pleased? Have, have we left our first love? Do we think that we're rich when we're naked yeah. and, yep. and destitute? That we're poor. Or do we oh, think we sad. have a name when we're dead? Yeah, we have no name. We, have we stand nothing. for nothing. Yep. Um, but, you know, others, they, they tested to make sure that people that were teaching them were correct or that they were apostles or not apostles. They, right. they evaluated those things. They were serious about that. They were watchful. Those are great commendations, and yet even those had issues mm -hmm. uh, to some degree that needed to be considered by them and to, mm -hmm. to turn back to the truth. And that, the other scary thing about that is that it happened so closely to the resurrection and, and the beginning yeah. of the church yeah. in comparison to where we this are. This is not that far away. Yeah. So the tendency of drifting is over time, you drift. Mm -hmm. And the further we get out away from the resurrection of Christ and the establishment of the church, uh, the more concern we should have about mm -hmm. those serious questions. So that, that's good. I yeah, and, and one thing I think 
to understand about these messages to the churches, Jesus isn't saying, I'm going to save you as a group to those right. very churches. Because yeah. one church that received only rebuke, he said, I have a few who have not defiled their garments. That's right. But he rebuked that church, just like you said, because of the identity that had taken on. They were on the verge of losing their identity as a part of the body of Christ. Mm. And so that's a, you can have a church that's struggling and, you know, look at the church at Corinth, filled with problems. But Jesus still recognized that as part of his body and Paul was working to correct those problems. That's right. So salvation is individual, but a church can keep or lose its identity by how it's relating to the Lord. Is it doing his work? Is it exalting him? And we should be you know, watching that. striving against the world. That's so. right. All right. Question number two for the whole world and Kurt. Which <laughs> two Old Testament characters appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration? Boy, you are taking it easy on me this week. And I'm, told you. I'm really coming down on you. Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah, Matthew 17 and verse 3. Another, another amazing moment in time. Two men who have long since been dead. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Appearing in glory with the yeah. Savior of the world. Obviously Moses representing the law. Mm-hmm. Some, some draw that conclusion. Uh-huh. And Elijah, Elijah the prophets. The yeah. prophets in Christ. There in the midst. Amazing. You know, one thing that amazes me, like you said, they're long dead. But Peter knew who <laughs> Peter, they were. Peter goes, hey, there's Moses and Elijah. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> Let's build three tabernacles. <laughs> so that, that makes you think about some things. You know, yeah. I don't know how much you can draw from that, but Peter knew who they were. Yeah, and the Lord Without didn't say Without a word. It. That was an immediate on, reaction. Jeremiah. Yeah, he you know? knew who they were. Yeah. yeah, no one said a word. And they didn't have photos back then. <laughs> wow, I just brought that up in Wikipedia. And it's <laughs> there him. he is. <laughs> no, that was not... Yeah. How he figured that out. Nope. That's really cool. He just knew it. Okay, here's my second question. It's still with the seven churches. You've actually partially answered it. Oh, good. So we're done. Which churches... Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we're, no, we're, let you off the hook. No. Which churches were the ones that just received commendation? You already mentioned that. Smyrna and Philadelphia. Which ones received only condemnation? They were only rebuked. And which ones were mixed? I can't. I can't do all of those. I, I want to say just because I, I wanted to say it earlier that Sardis was just thoroughly rebuked. Yes, that is one of them. I, and I, I just remember that the word Sardis, or at least where Sardis is, it's supposed to be the crown jewel of that area location. There was a lot of lot of pictures there, and I just remember that they were they were just in a mess. But um, man, if you asked me to name the seven churches, I couldn't do it. Hmm. I, can, I think I could come close, but I can't even name the seven off the top of my head. So there's just no way I can I can categorize them mm-hmm. other than Philadelphia and Smyrna. Mm-hmm. Commendation only, no rebuke. Mm-hmm. Um, Ephesus, obviously, they left their first love, so right. that's a mix. They've got the mixed them. message. Yep, that's correct. Laodicea. I can't remember. What what characterized the the Laodicean church? What did Jesus? tell them they were they had followed the way of the Nicolaitans no that's not the one was it the harlot no oh man they they were lukewarm ah yes that was my next guess lukewarm I wish that you were hot or cold 
Yeah. Make up your mind, quit yeah. straddling the fence. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. That's right. It's not acceptable. So Laodicea was one of the ones that received only rebuke. And you mentioned okay. uh, Ephesus. They got the mixed mm -hmm. message. You've not left your first love, but here are some works that are not complete. And then Pergamos and Thyatira both got uh, a mixed message. Here's some good things. And it comforts me. Jesus knows about the good things and commends them for these things. Keep doing that. But I have these things against you. Here's right. something you need to work on and change. And I don't know why. It's been a long time since I've taught Revelation. I have taught it and I've read it. But for the seven churches, it's just always stuck in my head. Oh, okay. Uh, and I had my own little formula, too good, too bad, three mixed. And just kind of knowing who they were. Good. It, uh, I don't know why it is. It's just something that I think about. Kind of along the lines of what you mentioned, what would Jesus say in a letter to Northwest? Right. You and know, that's another thing. I have this to say about you. If you're talking to brethren, you're in the foyer, and you know there, there's a conversation going, and people are starting to nod their heads about something, and you can tell that we're getting off track. Just because those things are are in your mind, and God, I think God does this for us. He helps us with this. That you would you could say to them, brethren, we're starting to look like Sardis. Just for an example. Mm. Yeah. And every yeah. one of them would be like. I better go. <laughs> What's he talking about? What was it about Sardis? <laughs> I, I, the name sounds familiar, but that's good, right? Yes, Because then it is. You, you have in a, in a side, in a kind of a sidestep way have, have rebuked. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. they're looking at the word of God. Right. Because it's been a while since they looked at Sardis. You know, however those things work, again, it's just a beautiful picture of God's word uh, helping change who we are mm -hmm. and, and incorrect what's wrong. Right. We can, we can look at churches there's seven of them there, and see what pleases the Lord and what doesn't. Yeah. And so now we can measure ourselves. What are we doing that would be pleasing to the Lord? What might be we, we be involved in that's not? Yeah. Are we obeying him? You know, are we striving as a church to walk in the light? And, and are we proclaiming Jesus as the Son of God come in the flesh? Yeah. Yeah, those are... Those are works of the church that are performed by individuals. That's right. But it gives the identity of the church. Yeah. Right. Well, how can I know that I am saved? We, we've looked at that today in, in John's uh, first letter, uh, first John, I should say. And, and, and we also talked about how those things can be considered and evaluated. And we can answer that question. I can know whether I'm saved or not. And I can make correction if it needs to happen. Uh, John tells us in that letter, if, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. So if we sort that out in our own lives, uh, we'd be doing ourselves a great favor. Uh, we hope and pray, as we always do, that you are blessed in this particular study, uh, that your week is, is a good week, and that you use your life to glorify God mm -hmm. in every way that you can. Amen.